1: back in the saddle for the third time author of proof of heaven and living in a mindful universe two of my favorite books which i've talked about extensively on this podcast i don't think you need any further introduction you're well known as it is but we left last time talking about maps the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies and kind of how um growing research into psychedelics can really tie into everything you wrote about not just in proof of heaven but Personally, although I think that's a more well-known book, I like Living in a Mindful Universe even more because it's how to. Number one is the story. Number two is how to apply it to your life. And right. nobody wants to hear my stupid voice talking, so let's go right to you. What do you? What do you? What's coming down the pipeline, or how? How can uh, psychedelic research, medicinal research, tie in with living in a mindful universe?
0: I think it ties in very well. And also, I'd like to kind of confirm your, uh, you know, proof of heaven, from my point of view, is a big question mark. Mm. I would simply say, yes, these are very real experiences. You know, there are millions of reports out there. Uh, They're absolutely part of the human condition. But how do we make sense of them? Um, But living in a mindful universe is our attempt to do that. After, you know, 12 years post-coma, what have we learned? And uh, that book goes a long way into uniting the science and spirituality. Yes, sir. You bring, you bring up a, a fascinating uh, kind of line of discussion, and that concerns um, the use of psychedelic drugs. Now, first point I want to make is I do not recommend the casual use of these substances by people out there at large. Yeah. Uh, I think they can be very dangerous. If you have any kind of mental or spiritual instability, um, that experience can kick you over the deep end. Uh-huh. And yet there is incredibly promising research that's going on now that I hope someday will turn into uh, you know a system that will be usable by people. Although truth be told, uh, Karen and I often in our talks and book and presentations uh make a big deal of the fact that you don't need to take a plant medicine or a psychedelic substance to get into very deep aspects of primordial mind and the 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 you know shared consciousness uh binaural beats Mm -hmm. sacredacoustics.com is a powerful way to do that in fact in his book um dark night early dawn christopher bach b-a-c-h-e actually compares uh his use of binaural beat uh, brainwave entrainment which at that time was a a fairly primitive form back in the uh, 1990s Uh, but he compares it very favorably with his use of high dose lsd for spiritual work and says that the sound can get you as far if not farther Uh, but it does take a dedicated and more prolonged program so i believe binaural beat um uh, meditation can actually accomplish everything that you could ever uh, hope to accomplish through psychedelic drugs. Having said that, uh, there are some very important lessons that I think emerge uh, from the psychedelic drugs, and there are two major um, kind of um, avenues of that uh, of that instruction. And the one I'd like to start with uh, is uh, the evidence. You know, anybody who's ever taken psilocybin or mescaline or LSD or DMT probably imagined that their brain was lighting up like a Christmas tree to explain all that incredible, phenomenal experience they had. And, um, Yet scientific investigation at multiple centers around the world has revealed that's the exact opposite of what happens. If you use functional MRI, if you use magnetoencephalography uh, to look at the brains of people under the influence of these plant medicines or substances, um, what you find is every uh, region of the brain actually decreases in activity. There's no place in the brain that increases in activity. Uh, and in fact, in one of the earlier studies that was from Imperial College uh, London, by Robin Carhart-Harris and others back in 2012, they actually used a visual analog scale to kind of map the uh, depth and profundity of the phenomenal experience of somebody on those medications. And what they found is the more profound the, the, and transcendental the spiritual journey they witnessed, the phenomenal experience of it, uh, the more their brain went dark, the more the the default mode network kind of disassembled <laughs> and... Uh, it's really kind of astonishing. And that's, uh, that first paper was Imperial College London back in 2012. Then there've there been several other papers that I'm aware of. One was uh, out of Brazil, looking at DMT, dimethyltryptamine, the active principle in ayahuasca. And then a more recent paper from Robin Carhart Harris and others at Imperial College London, uh, where they actually looked at LSD, which is probably um, uh, one of the most potent of those serotonin 2A uh, type um, uh, drugs. Uh, that's, that's what they're ne- normally uh, known as, is serotonin 2A agonist antagonist. Uh, and the, so that's the amazing thing to point out is uh, these scientific experiments reveal very clearly to us that, that more profound uh, kind of exotic uh, uh, and ultra real experiences in many ways are associated with the brain going dark. And so in many ways, it's showing us that the brain is not producing consciousness at all. And this, of course, is something we go into in great detail in Living in a Mindful Universe. And uh, uh, it's really getting the brain out of the way that allows for some of these more extraordinary manifestations of conscious awareness, both in this material realm and in other realms that are very relevant uh, to human existence. You know, I think there's similarities with the realms that are encountered in near death or in Mm -hmm. uh, deathbed vision, you know, in dying experiences, uh, as we see in the dream world and in the psychedelic world, there's a, a lot of overlap because those various spiritual realms have a a concrete reality in existence Uh, they don't exist in four dimensional space time that doesn't make them less real Uh, sentient beings have access to them So that's the first major point is uh, the scientific studies very clearly show that if you want to pretend the brain creates consciousness, it certainly doesn't seem to be doing that uh, under the influence of these particular plant medicines. Uh, I I hesitate to use the word hallucinogen. I think that's a terrible word because that implies that everything you're experiencing there is an unreal hallucination. And I would say that's very uh, wrong and that uh, that kind of interpretation is what's gotten us into so much trouble to not pay attention uh, to more of the lessons we learned there now the second major point uh, that i always like to make about psychedelics uh, is based on some therapeutic work that's been done specifically with psilocybin magic mushrooms mm-hmm. uh you know in the last um, several years uh, maybe 10 years or so and this is work luckily the uh, there are scientific investigators at places like uh, NYU and at Johns Hopkins at UCLA uh, and other um, major medical centers around the world that have gotten exemption certificates to study, uh, scientifically study the effects of these uh, uh, plant medicines and how they work uh, and some of the best work that I'm aware of that's been done along those lines concerns the use of a, a therapeutic use of magic mushrooms or psilocybin in the setting of uh, one setting that's very near and dear to my heart is fear of death in cancer patients yeah, right. uh, and there's a, a study that came out a few years ago uh that showed uh, kind of a dramatic improvement in uh, uh in patients who had a tremendous kind of paralyzing fear of death after a terminal diagnosis. And astonishing as it may seem, one dose of, of uh, psilocybin in a thera- proper therapeutic environment uh, can be uh, effective for months and years, mm-hmm. in alleviating fear of death. Uh, now, in, there are other studies that have used uh, magic mushrooms or psilocybin in the treatment of various addictions, alcoholism, drug addictions, uh, things like that. Also with extremely powerful uh, positive results after one simple dose, again, in a proper therapeutic setting. And the reason I bring those things up is in Living in a Mindful Universe, we talk a lot uh, about kind of healing and placebo effect, mind over matter. In fact, the whole argument we're making in that book is that objective idealism is a true philosophical model for the workings of the universe. And for those who might not be aware of what objective idealism means, uh, I will say it's also a synonym with analytic idealism, uh, with uh, ontological idealism and with metaphysical idealism. All four of those kind of terms of with idealism are talking about the same kind of thing, which is basically that there is a mental layer of the universe that is primary. And that is what causes, has a kind of a top-down.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Causal uh, role in determining how things uh, shake out down here in the material realm and uh, the the interesting thing about it, of course, is that that layer is mental, uh, and it turns out that as human beings, as sentient beings, our sentience basically says we have a direct entry level uh, kind of awareness of that mental layer of the universe. Mm-hmm and uh, so in in these kind of studies where the the psilocybin is uh, somehow enabling people to overcome addictions, overcome fear of death, things like that in such dramatic fashion, what we would postulate is going on is that that psilocybin is basically thinning the veil. yes, again, that's something we feel one can do very effectively with binaural uh, uh, beat uh, brainwave entrainment like sacred acoustics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, I think that with a dedicated program, you can do even better than you could do with those plant medicines. But mm-hmm. that remains to be demonstrated. It just, Karen and I have seen you know, benefits in our uh, workshops. And uh, there's a pilot study uh, that Dr. Anna Usum did with Sacred Acoustics Tones that was published in the Journal of Nervous and Mental Diseases uh, in February of 2020. And that pilot study by Dr. Usum Actually, demonstrated a profound beneficial effect of binaural beat uh, of sacred acoustics uh, tones given to her patients, uh, basically revealing a 26% reduction in anxiety and depression over two weeks for those who listened to the tones, versus only a 7% reduction in those who did not listen to the tones but went through standard kind of talk therapy uh, from a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that study. Uh, goes a long way at supporting sacred acoustics. We have other kind of pilot studies where we're trying to get going in hospice centers that use the uh, sacred acoustics um, in an effort to uh, facilitate, uh, you know, shared death experiences. Uh, people who want to learn more about those shared death is very similar to near death of uh, the same kind of phenomenal qualities of a near death experience. But the shared death occur in people who are physiologically normal for the most part, a loved one at the bedside or maybe a loved one a thousand miles away from a dying patient, uh, the soul of the departing patient can come right through yeah. and take the soul of the bystander along uh, even to witnessing a full-blown life review before coming back to this world. So uh, shared death is a beautiful kind of example of this uh, uh, traversing that veil and, and getting into those realms without even having an NDE. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that through binaural beat brainwave entrainment, that all of us have the capacity to explore consciousness to that kind of depth, of uh, you know, the same depth as an NDE or shared death experience with a dedicated program of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think uh, kind of the bottom line of this message is if you look at that use of psilocybin for uh, fear of death and for addiction and alcoholism as basically a means of kind of traversing beyond your ego mind, uh, the little you know voice of the self, a linguistic voice in the head, and connecting with that deeper essence of who you are, which is that awareness of existence. That part is the mystery. From a scientific perspective, that is, uh, it's our awareness of existence in the universe that is so difficult to explain mm-hmm. and does not resolve very simply with materialist models of brain creates consciousness. There is so much more to consciousness, especially when you consider all the kind of qualities of non-local consciousness, mm-hmm. things like telepathy, remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, uh, remote healing, um, you know the effects of prayer in in, in healing things mm-hmm. like that and then of course you have deathbed visions after death communications uh and then of course uh, that other huge category of non-local consciousness kind of consciousness beyond the physical brain model and that is the extraordinary literature on reincarnation mm-hmm. out of the university of virginia and other researchers around the world but for your listeners go to uvadops.org to learn a lot more about that literature but in a nutshell shell more than 2500 cases of past life memories and children uh, studied over the last six decades where the best explanation is really one of reincarnation mm-hmm. so we just need a much bigger theater of operations but the model that we propose in living in a mindful universe is one of this primordial mind that god force mind that people encounter in deep transcendental ndes and other spontaneous epiphanies that god force Pure love binding us all together as one is the very origin of our conscious awareness. Yeah. Not separate from us at all. And that is the part that helps us to start linking all this together and making sense of it. So, um, in talking about, uh, you know, using psilocybin for addiction and uh, fear of death, things like that, uh, all I believe is happening is you're thinning that veil, allowing uh, your kind of conscious awareness to traverse that, move beyond the ego mind, the little voice in our heads. You know, that's what Michael Singer calls the annoying roommate in mm-hmm. his book, the feathered soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a beautiful way to put it. You know, that little voice in our head, the annoying roommate, is not who we are. You know, at a deep soul level, we're much more than that. And that's what we can explore and discover through these techniques. And I believe, you know, as much as in medicine, we harp on placebo effect i mean it's it's so acknowledged to be a real concrete effect that it's the gold standard for assessing any new medical treatment and a lot of surgical procedures can actually be put into a placebo controlled arm with a a sham procedure where uh the the true essence of the procedure is not done but the skin incision and all the other things for the patient are done the same way just to see a placebo you know their beliefs can Mm -hmm. can uh, work the magic of the healing them and what you find is placebo effect is very real probably you know across the board it's something like 30 percent of all the benefit that we attribute to medications is really just coming from this belief that people can get better and so then when you look at thinning the veil whether it's through the use of the magic mushrooms or as i said uh, what i would recommend using binaural beats to get across the veil to that primordial mind and that kind of essence of self, that's where I think we can truly manifest more powerful healing. Mm bringing our, kind of reuniting with our higher souls in this lifetime, in this body, uh, and realizing that it all has to do with the tremendous amount of love, compassion, and kindness for self. I mean, I realized after my NDE that most of the problems of this world were not because we didn't love our neighbor or love our enemy enough, till we didn't even love ourselves enough. Uh, You know, we've lost track of the deep, powerful, rich, sacred, divine beings that we are. All are as souls. And it's by recovering that. And it's not an egotistical kind of I'm this great thing. It's actually much more of an acknowledgement of our common um, uh, relationship with all of our fellow beings. Mm. And that this is all about manifesting that love uh, for others. And the best way to do that is really to serve as a conduit for that love and and, and it's really by these deep uh kind of emotion laden uh kind of journeys into the heart of consciousness that we actually start to glean this ability to bring that healing into our lives so that um you know, the healing of placebo effect, it's just kind of the beginning of what we can bring into our lives. It's not only our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health, but really all the events of our lives, our relationships, uh, our ability to help others and to to uh, glean the kind of natural benefits that accrue from, um, from being of service to others and trying to contribute to the highest good in this world. I mean, these are all very healthy things to do. Uh, and if you meditate, you know, I try and meditate an hour to a day. You don't have to do it that much, but you know, if you can take fifteen or twenty minutes a day to quiet your mind, and if you have trouble with that little voice in the head running amok, uh try Sacred Acoustics. It's a very powerful tool. Go to sacredacoustics.com and uh, just try listening to that free twenty-minute Om file uh, through headphones. Headphones are very important because binaural beats have their uh, best effect when you can isolate the signal to the two ears. Um, but this really. It's it's all about uh, kind of bringing that placebo effect, widely acknowledged in medicine to be real. Um, you know, mind over matter has tremendous power, and that's really what we're talking about here. But it's not the little ego mind, as the ego basically uses fear and anxiety yeah. to try and control you. And uh, you know, that's a, all a, a tiny little parlor trick down in the back left corner of your bedroom closet compared yeah. to what's really going on. Yeah throughout this universe when you start uniting uh, with your higher soul uh and kind of recognizing you have access to loved ones who've left the physical world they can serve as guides they do for me uh you know on a very regular basis i appeal in meditation uh to the various uh, uh entities and powers and that infinitely healing God force that I encountered in my NDE is something I uh, develop a relationship all the time in my meditation. So these are just ways, suggestions for how people can take this kind of worldview, this kind of mind over matter view, start realizing their true potential, and then start living it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's never just about the meditation and the going within, even though that's a very powerful tool to help us bring positive change to this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really about how we live our lives. And so one of the things Karen and I often say is, uh, you know the true power of near-death experiences is not what they tell us about what happens after our body dies and we leave the physical world but the lessons are absolutely crucial for living the optimal lives here mm-hmm. knowing fully our divine nature that we've had lives before we'll have lives again uh, but that we're following a soul journey of yeah. this uh, progressive uh, basically the transformation and evolution of consciousness itself yeah. and each and every one of us is a participant in that brand process.
1: Yeah. And it, it was you, you you spoke about I was gonna say also binaural beats for everyone that's listening. Um sacredacoustics.com, as someone that's meditated every day since 2008 I have been using Sacred Acoustics since we last spoke, and it absolutely works. It absolutely it's the ohm the you slow down and it's one thing I noticed a lot meditating in college was as someone that experiment, albeit not in a clinical setting with psychedelics, I can say as profound as those were and as helpful as those were they still don't hold a candle to meditation. And it's one thing I always remember from college, is the deepest meditations I'd have. I'd note how slow my heart got, how much my shoulders and legs relaxed. Muscles were relaxing that I didn't even know were tense. And it, it kind of makes me think of that, plus the psilocybin fMRIs where it slows down, or you know, the brain doesn't light up like the Christmas tree. And then the beautiful parallels to, okay, so now the goal is to turn off the mind. Well, who would know it better rather than you, right, with, you know, being in the coma where your mind was turned off?
0: Right? Well, it was really, I would say brain is turned off. Yes, yes, brain. Uh, and, of course, the brain is not the producer of mind. That's the, the receiver. mind is something that actually participates in creating brain and physical body and all the rest of physical reality. But ultimately, it's all being governed from that mental layer. And that's why placebo effect works, for example. I mean, when you wonder, I mean, believe me, and modern medical training is very schizophrenic in some ways because the training is still heavily based in the reductive materialist science of the 20th and early 21st century. Uh, But the good news is that medical schools are catching up. 30 years ago, if you look for any spiritual courses in medical schools, there basically were none. Uh, And now a recent uh, survey suggests that something like 70% of North American medical schools now have at least one course addressing spirituality in healing and health. Uh, So we are slowly making progress. Uh, But it's kind of astonishing that... Uh, You know, people often don't even think of what placebo effect is really telling you about the nature of reality. It's it's, power of mind over matter.
1: What it implies is absolutely insane. It's, I'll never forget studying for the MCAT. And in those, like, final three weeks, I'd get up, I'd work out, I'd meditate, and I'd study. And I'd take a a little orange caffeine pill. And then at night, I'd meditate, and I would take this, like, kind of off-yellow melatonin. And it was just hitting it all day every day for, like, 20 days and i'll never forget one day that i realized as i was going to bed that the caffeine pill was next to my table that morning i had taken the melatonin and sure enough 10 minutes in you know the caffeine hit and i studied for 12 hours i'll uh-huh. never forget that where i was like what does that reveal about reality i uh-huh. thought that was a stimulant and so i studied like there was no tomorrow right (laughs) to me that to me that yeah that that bent my mind over back
0: there's there's a lot to our beliefs and you know we we tend to doubt our power and and in our society the vast majority of beliefs are falsely limiting Mm. they say you cannot do that you can't do this well in fact what we find is uh, you know placebo effect and and it goes way beyond just a sugar pill curing a headache Mm -hmm. if you if you go to um noetic.org that's the noetic sciences website and and put in that search term for spontaneous uh, remission you'll find a book they published in the mid-90s with more than 3,500 cases of people of having recoveries beyond any expectation of western medicine either beyond the medical intervention they were given or when that intervention had failed Mm -hmm. uh, to then successfully eradicate a cancer or an infection 3,500 plus cases and I understand that they are now uh, reassessing and rebuilding that database with all new data so uh, that'll be very exciting to see that project come into fruition but even the data that's there as of mid-1990s is kind of stunning in terms of the power of mind over matter and healing Uh, and really you know, it's it's there for all of us. And that's why it's something to be shared and uh, championed and kind of embraced and explored. Uh, and I think the one, one other point I would make about this kind of mind and brain and uh, these exotic experiences is remember that um, for the people who are experiencing those plant medicines, basically those plant medicines, the psychedelics basically affect some of the receptor populations in the neocortex. And that's how they kind of alter your uh, awareness of, of realms beyond the, the material. Um, and the binaural beats are actually going at a target in the lower brainstem. Uh-huh. And I believe this is one reason why Christopher Bates and others, and I would say from my own experience, certainly have found tremendous power in binaural beat, uh, brainwave entrainment uh, is by intersecting the the kind of engine that modern neuro neuroscience would look at as the engine of consciousness in the brain, uh, and that engine works just as well as you're if you're thinking it's a filtering mechanism in primordial consciousness that originates outside the brain or a production model. Uh, but they they really show that by modulating this lower brain stem center that uh, came you know in evolutionary biology before mammals even this earth it's more than 300 million years old Uh, that's one of the reasons why i believe that binaural beats and uh, sacred acoustics in particular have such a powerful ability to kind of separate your conscious awareness from the normal kind of uh, machinations of uh uh, day-to-day consciousness in this realm uh, but it's it's working at a level much more primitive and this much more powerful than those psychedelics that are mainly uh, just having a little toehold right. up in the neocortex mm-hmm.
1: i would i would say an analogy would be like um treating like alcoholism as like an addiction versus like going to the root and finding out like what went wrong in the upbringing of the child in the home life binaural beats is well, going yeah, back that, to it's, the core
0: uh, it, it is a soul journey that involves many, many things, and it's not just um, you know nature, the biology, the DNA, but there's also nurture, the events of their their lives. There's a tremendous amount that plays into it, and of course, once you really start getting the big picture about the reality of that reincarnation story that we've told, uh, you realize we've all been here before, and we have programmed forgetting, so we don't. We're not meant to have full, yeah. vibrant knowledge of our that our higher soul has. All through our lifetimes living these lives. Yeah. But that word meditation and NDEs and all that kind of thing are important because they, they kind of tip the hand and real, and reveal to us that there's much more to this universe than what we commonly assume in our day to day lives. And understanding that is crucial to blossoming into the beings that we truly are yeah. these divine, sacred beings, the, that whole world of transpersonal psychology, uh, beginning with the work of Carl Jung and, and Charles Tart, uh, Michael Newton, Brian Weiss, um Um, and Stan Groff and others, these brilliant clinical investigators really pointed the way uh, towards the fact to fully understand the events of this life. I have to realize I've been here before. I'll be back again. Uh, It's a big soul journey that's very exciting with tremendous potential for change once I get the bigger picture. Uh, And getting that bigger picture uh, is a tremendous resource in making your life far more meaningful and productive
1: yeah and i think you just said it very well and i know i said it I'll only keep you for 30 minutes but i have a couple more questions so i'll wrap it up really quickly but i was gonna say yeah real quick yeah that programmed forgetfulness you're not supposed to remember everything because you're here to learn a lesson right you're you're supposed to forget you're in a theater when you're watching the movie so you can right. temporary life, uh, yeah Bynum. yes you're supposed to let go and then but you can tap into it in the same way that during a scary movie at an imax theater Meditation is like you can you can step outside and go to the restroom real quick and you see the lights right. and it's quiet and you hear the elevator music and you go, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. and then you can <laughs> you
0: know, psych yourself back.
1: Figures. Yeah. Um
0: beautiful. Analogy. Yeah. Thank I you.
1: Love it. And uh so three quick questions. One is um is what are, what are your next works in the pipeline? Do you have any books coming out?
0: Uh, well yes there's definitely one on my mind and uh, Karen and I are very busy uh, we're doing sure. a course now with the ship network we just finished one in the fall we've got another one that we're very excited about now this is all work that Karen uh, has spearheaded she is, has a brilliant uh, kind of spiritual knowledge of ancient traditions all the way up to current era um, and so in the ship network we're doing a beautiful course where we're really uniting much of the ancient wisdom going all the way back to ancient Egypt, which had a tremendous influence on Greece, uh, on the Middle East, uh, probably even also on India and China, even though that's a, a little more challenging to demonstrate. But the reality is we're doing all that, but relating it to modern advances in the science of consciousness and neuroscience, philosophy of mind, quantum physics, to try and help elucidate how some of the greatest uh, ancient wisdom uh, was right on the money. And in many ways, they knew exactly Exactly what the true nature of this universe was that we're only now kind of rediscovering in some way. Um, it's uh, absolutely astonishing, but uh, there's a, a tremendous amount to it and it kind of helps in the personal journey that we're talking about here uh, because it helps to refine your worldview of understanding. Uh, and of course, uh, in this SHIP Network course, we're doing a, a meditation every one of the nine modules. So uh, you get uh, deep benefits of sacred acoustics meditation with each one uh, and, and kind of parallel to that I think uh, Karen may be working on, on a book that uh, that takes that course kind of to the next level. Uh, in the meantime I'm, I haven't started writing yet but I, I'm realizing that Living in a Mindful Universe it turns out within months after that book came out I had some great uh, kind of clarifying insights about uh, the mechanism about this relationship between mind and brain and uh, um and also uh, much clarification of kind of the quantum physics angle uh coming into it and uh, proving the reality of the one mind and so i think there is definitely another book at least that i need to be writing uh, about this so uh you know the covid pandemic is still going so i guess it's a great time to write Uh, we're not traveling at all so uh Time to get to it, but uh, I would just invite your listeners, join us, and there's a free bi-weekly webinar that we give with a a lot of interesting guests. You can access that at um, unitedinhopeandhealing.com. Uh, and likewise, there's a, uh, a nine-hour video course that we're giving to uh, healthcare workers, mental health uh, therapists. Um, that is with Dr. Anna Usam. I mentioned her case report a short while ago. Uh, that course is available at BecomingMoreWhole.com. Uh, people can go there and learn a lot more uh, about that course material. And it's uh, it's really written for the for the uh, the seeker. So even those who are not healthcare professionals. Uh, it can be, we, we wrote it so it would be helpful uh, for people who are uh, seeking their own kind of mental health and techniques in this uh, challenging era of COVID and the economic collapse. Uh, so those are all kind of uh, avenues where people can join us. Uh, Um, and learn a lot more, come to evanalexander.com and sacredacoustics.com. These are really the efforts moving forward. I would say the scientific uh, work uh, continues certainly trying to come up with uh, the best way to tie all this together to where it makes sense to everybody. Uh, But the reality is the evidence from a scientific perspective not only supporting the afterlife, but also reincarnation. And again, models that fully support the power behind placebo effect and mind over matter uh, that is already there. That's where living in a mindful universe is coming from. Uh, but it's just time to take next steps beyond that.
1: Yes, sir. Now I'll put all those links in the description and stick it in the top comment. Um, I would love, if she would be interested, I would love to have Karen on here sometime. Um, I think we should do that. That would be amazing. So, and I know I'm gone five minutes. Hi. I would love to have you yes. on sometime. That would be awesome.
0: Awesome. Yes. Schedule it with Elizabeth. Yes. Yes. We would love to. Yes. We'll find Karen is. My best half, okay. not just my better half. She is the <laughs> best, and uh, that comes out in our interviews. Yeah, she's a real delight, and she also brings it to a level uh, where, uh, you know, I, I tend to get a little kind of lost and loud sometimes in my scientific explanations no, I love and, it. Uh, that's my she favorite is very part. good at bringing it down to earth
1: that's my favorite part about you is you come on here and i just it just let it go and i watch it blossom it's beautiful <laughs> and i absolutely love it um i know i've gone six minutes over already but i have two more quick questions right. one is there any way whatsoever you could uh you you're you know or have worked with joseph McMonagall, correct Yes. Is there any way whatsoever? I'm such a huge fan of his, but I can't get in touch with him. Is there any Well,
0: way? i tell you what. I, I love Joe. He's a great guy. We're not really close, okay. but I can reach out to him. That would you know, be. Not uh, like we're close friends, but yeah, we've sure. had some time together, conversations sure. together. And I'd be happy to try and put out an invite Thank to you, facilitate sir. that. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, Joe's a fantastic uh, guy and resource, um, but he's also very much in demand, so I yes. can't make any promises yes. at all. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I could uh, certainly reach out to him and see if he'd be willing. Uh, I guess the only pieces I would need to make that argument, if uh, you can give us some of your latest uh, kind of information on your distribution, on kind of the sure, number, Sure, sure, absolutely. That kind of thing, if you can pass that back absolutely. to me uh, through Elizabeth, I can then pass that on to Joe. he'll. He would probably uh, want some kind of background information. Absolutely, like that.
1: absolutely. I, mean, I understand. I'm, I'm sorry for uh, putting you on the spot like that. I'm just. I'm no such a big fan of his. I was like, I, I got to uh, ask. him. Uh,
0: he's uh, and I, I would highly recommend his books. He, you know, yeah. people can look uh, Joseph McMonagall up on Amazon. He's written several very powerful yeah. books on on your mind as a time machine and remote viewing yeah. and various uh, uh, tips. And of course, he was rv one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, remote it's, viewer. 001. Yeah. that's a lot <laughs> classier than 007, yeah. I promise you. Yeah, and and also having uh, met him and uh, discussed some of those stories, he is absolutely the real deal. Yeah, He's, so.
1: his lectures are incredible. Um, yeah. and yeah. then very last, and this is more so of a perhaps a, a topic for a future episode. Um, yeah, not even really a question is um more so of a topic or a teaser it is um kind of like last time we left off on uh, psychedelics. I guess on this time I'd like to leave off on. I don't know if you've thought about it, Well, what are the implications of something like Neuralink, where it t- personally it terrifies me, it kind of sounds dystopian, but just to play with that idea, is if somehow that was linked up with something like binaural beats or sacred acoustics, is there a way for a sort of therapeutic implanted me- meditative state, or is that getting too Frankenstein? Well, what,
0: what I would tell you is we already have all the equipment implanted we need. okay to use it through the the kind of natural pathways. Uh, Important to point out, Neuralink, um, it's still very, very preliminary, you know, and and in fact, uh, you know, the information that I've gleaned on it, it, uh, it's hardly like we've made many steps uh, in the last few decades beyond a lot of the technology I was aware of uh, and used in brain surgery back in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, and the hype really kind of overdoes it. There are still Mm -hmm. tremendous challenges to how you uh, implant something like Neuralink and not only that, but then how you program it to intersect with the brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those are gigantic hurdles. They're basically the same kind of hurdles we were looking at 20 years ago. So Neuralink is not like some gigantic, uh, massive step into the future. It's, It's a positive step, but believe me, we've got a tremendous way to go. Before uh, any of that um, would would make a big difference, I, I remember. I must confess, you know, is um, I have a little bit of a kind of a sci-fi geek side to me, and one of my favorite novels uh, back in the '90s and early 1000s was Neuromancer okay. by William Gibson, and in that that's a beautiful novel. I remember one of the blurbs on the cover. It says, "The future as nightmare," yeah. and, but it's it, it, the basic theme of the book is the world's gotten to a point where you cannot tell cyberspace from this space. Yeah. And there's complete overlap. In fact, you have people who have died and left their bodies long ago, but they downloaded their experience onto the net and it kept growing and maturing over time. It's a fantastic, uh, story, but, and Neuralink brings it to mind because they have what they call, and that book was written in the mid 1980s. They had what they call Microsofts that were kind of a chip that you would put into a slot behind your ear that zotted with your brain, slotted with your brain in ways that allowed this incredible overlap of reality and cyber reality. Uh, but. But the thing is, we don't need all that. We have the tools we need. If you have ears and you have binaural beats from Sacred Acoustics, uh, you can get some real power right there out of Mind Over Matter. Yeah. You don't need a little Microsoft behind the ear yeah. like William Gibson uh, portrayed it.
1: Yeah, and Neuralink kind of seems maybe more so like the right flyer. Like, very exciting But, hey, we're not going to the moon tomorrow. It's
0: extremely preliminary. And I think ultimately that approach of, you know, trying to intersect with uh, uh, very fine uh, electrode grids uh, with the cells of the brain um, is we're going to find that it just uh, – Uh, really too much of an impediment, certainly in an intact brain. There are some arguments for how you can use it in brains that are very damaged, like people after strokes, after head injuries, uh, trying to um, kind of recover function in damaged neural tissue. But it turns out the brain can already do a tremendous amount of that on its own.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And we're learning more and more about neuroplasticity, which is a profound form of mind over matter that kind of restructures the brain, uh, and I would say that some of the stroke recovery protocols we're getting into now are far um, more powerful in in delivering good results than things we had twenty and thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. So we're finally getting uh, you know to some good points on that. But mind over matter has tremendous power to heal, even when you're not using Neuralink and some other technological uh, kind of bridge to get there.
1: Yeah and i've I've kept you for 50 percent longer than i said i would so thank you for your patience sir um i'll put all the the links to those websites sacredacoustics.com as well as uh, living in a mindful universe and um uh, proof of heaven both of which are narrated by dr alexander and as an audible connoisseur they're fantastically done so those will be in the description sticking in the top comment i will reach out to elizabeth about having on you and karen i look forward to that and again Thank you for your patience. I know I you right, a Tommy, lot longer. All right, Tommy,
0: thank you so much for having me on. It's great talking with you again.
1: Yes, sir. And as always, as, as Ram Das said about Neem Crowley Baba, it was like being near a warm campfire. I said it last time. That's what I get when I'm talking to you. There's a warm glow good. that comes off of you. So I, I cannot give a greater compliment than that. So thank you. Well, sir.
0: I certainly love talking with you, too, Tommy. Thank, your thank you, sir. very, very robust. Ah, well, thank uh, you, sir. And it's a great spirit to have. So thanks for sharing that with yes, the world.
1: Sir. God bless, and you have a good one.
0: All right, you too, Tommy. We'll talk soon.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.